Welcome to the Cultured Guitarist. My name is Aloha L. With me, as ever, slightly afraid he's going to get a terrible nickname, is Come a Little Closer, Casper. And we have a special guest today who opted in. I think he opted in. He never said. He never said. He's opted in now. now. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know there was an option, but okay. I I think we presented it in the pre-show chat, and then uh, we just didn't wait around for an answer. So, everyone, we'd like to introduce you to Howdy Doody Hank from Rattlesnake Cables. (laughs) See, see, when you're off theme, dude, it's way better. It's way better. I'm just saying. That was good. I'll cut you. I know. <laughs> How's it going, Hank? It's going great. How you guys doing? Good. Oh, good, man. Good. Glad to be glad to be talking. I, I you know, it, it's always a little more exciting for me when when someone reaches out to us and you're yeah. you're one of the rare ones that has reached out to us. There's probably I don't know, one in six that that happened that way that we we talked to. So, Sweet. you're a rare bird. <laughs> well, I'm glad you uh, guys are into it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Of course. So, what's been going on this week? I have to remember to do this segment now because mm. Dan at More Guitars chewed me out for forgetting it one time. Mm. And I've just. Been... You will never forget. No, it's cemented in my mind. I can't forget now. So, let's uh, kick it off. You want to kick it off, Casper? It's been a while since you kicked it off. Sure. Yeah. Um, this week. Um, I mean, this will be a little delayed to the release date, but I got my spun loud Leon's Railer Phaser in the mail. Mm. Uh, you guys will have, be able to have a look at that story on the Instagram. Super stoked about that. That pedal is like a, I can't even explain, man. I was going to say a wet dream because of modulation and like, it's like a dream pedal. So, and then I was like, no, that's an inappropriate yep. way to compare. Yeah. So I'm not a effects guy. For the most part, I own one quasi modulation pedal and one. Well, I guess the Doctor Scientist uh, Dusk is a modulation pedal, but I don't really play them. And a f- flanger was not something that I was like, "Hey, I need to have this," because I didn't even know what it was. And then I played yours, and I'm sold. That is a have to have on my board. <laughs> it, it just is. Well, so, I'm I'm super glad you got one because. Uh... And I looked it up. It's it's uh, eight of ten. Eight of ten. Eight of ten. I don't know if you know Dan was selling them. You know, from Dan Demay from Sapan Lab was selling them in order. But if that's eight, there might be two somewhere floating, or that might be the last <laughs> one. I think it's the last one. He said he maybe had one left. Yeah, when I, talked I to him, think so. you got the last one. There's only ten made. Super excited. Mm-hmm. There's a really nice, like, heartwarming uh, message to John Prine in mine. So I'm really stoked. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's. Uh, Oh, and I got a, a new three-way switch, the three-way switch in my Aria Pro, the original 79 or 80 or whatever switch that was. It it didn't make it through the surgery. Um, <laughs> I tried to repair it, and nope. <laughs> so I had to buy a new one. I got a new switch. It's sitting on the guitars on the bench. Oh, okay, I was wondering where that guitar was. Yeah, it's on the bench. On the bench. All right. I was going to do that today, and then um, didn't. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the, that is the doom cry of many a guitar player. I was going to do this thing uh, to help out my guitar and myself, and then I just didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it. So, yeah, that's been uh, that's been me. All right. Hank, let's kick it over to you, man. What have you been up to this week? Well, as far as, like, gear-wise, besides, like, working 
working building cables, I guess I've been kind of rediscovering uh, the base six. I don't know if you guys are oh, familiar yeah. with the base so sixes. There's a used one on our local Facebook marketplace, yeah. and both Casper and I are eyeing it with the tongues lolling. <laughs> yeah, it's. I've had I've had a uh, a couple actually on two base sixes, and they've just been kind of sitting around. In the last you know couple of weeks, I've been really playing with that and kind of rediscovering the fun with that machine. That's awesome. No pedals though lately. No. But uh, yeah. Sometimes you don't want pedals. Okay. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Something to be said for just naked. Yep. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. What uh what series of basics do you have? Well, the one I've been playing is uh there's a guy in town, uh his name's Recavina and he makes guitars. He's a crazy luthier. And a few years ago he uh asked me if if I wanted to pay for a class on building a guitar, if I would be into it, basically from two chunks of wood, and we'd walk through the steps going through it. And at that time, I had a ton of guitars. I didn't want another guitar, like just six string electric guitar. So I was like, I want to build a bass six. So okay. literally, he did uh, every step first, and I would follow up behind him, and it took about six months. And I ended cool. up with this really killer base six. Just awesome. It's it's totally uh modeled after the Fender base six. That, that is super but, cool, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your your yeah. base six is uh well custom made. Yeah, that's but with your own yeah. hands, man. That's awesome. Under the tutelage I made it. of a master. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is when I was done with that class, I said to myself, I never want to make another guitar because it's too stressful. <laughs> yeah. I had stress nightmares before going into the shop, like uh, just, you know, just messing up, drilling, you know, I'm a quarter inch off here. Or I cut this off or yeah, it just would stress me out. And he just looked at me like, like, why are you so worried? Like, you know, everything's fixable, you know, but I, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to do a good job, but it just really just stressed me out. And I was like, I just, it's, you know, I don't have what it takes to be a luthier, you know, <laughs> like from scratch, I could bolt stuff together all day long and, yeah, you know, buy parts and put it all in there. That's that's easy. But when you start off as a plank of wood, and then you know, twenty seven hours later, you have a neck and you're you're drilling the dot inlays. <laughs> you don't want to mess up. That is, yeah. uh, you know, I've I'm a big fan of um, the Crimson Guitars YouTube channel. Um, if, if oh yeah, I don't know how many people out there have watched that, but if you haven't, super fun to watch. Just go check it out. Uh, and uh, you know, he's often walking the camera around his uh his workshop and stuff and one of the things they do there is teach guitar building um you know they have a bunch of different courses one week two week three months whatever and uh so i've seen him give tours of the student workshop i don't know how many times in various videos and stuff and i just it just made it just brought the hunger alive after years of dormant like eh, i don't care if i build another guitar because i used to build guitars a long time ago mm-hmm. um and it just brought alive that hunger again and the desire to like because i never had any formal training at it to, to go and do a course like that somewhere so i I think it's really cool you did that even if you just found out i never want to do this again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, it was fun don't get me wrong and i definitely you know i had a whole nother level of appreciation of you know guys that build guitars like that it just uh 
You know, it's one thing putting it all together. You know, it's one thing to build a table. It's another thing to actually make the table like play and sound, you know, great yeah, and yeah. feel great. It's like, it's like a two part, you know, it's just one thing slapping it together, but it's like, it's all gotta be, you know, dialed in and there's gotta be some like mojo inside of there too. Right. Um, just the feel of the instrument. And you built a bass six, which is not everybody taking a guitar building class would. No, <laughs> that's that's cool. Man. I thought it'd be, I thought it was would be easy, but I was wrong. Yeah, you know, it's just like, yeah. I don't know if it was would be any harder or, you know, worse the per se than building any other guitar from complete scratch like that. But it is. Uh, I mean, you, you had to be the only person doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like there's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, the, the, once I said it and we got like templates, you know, suddenly like everything was a little bit harder as far as like, you know, string tension and like. Right. Getting yeah. a, a, a neck jig to do it. And, you know, it's just like all, all these things are like, oh yeah, I probably should have just said I wanted a Jaguar. <laughs> I, I don't know. But. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Every little, every little answer would have to be specifically looked up for that yeah it's not like building yeah. a telly where it's like what's the scale link oh right i know the scale link. <laughs> yeah 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 that's cool that's awesome man that's yeah, yeah. cool well mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna switch the spotlight off here i'm gonna bring what it over to myself um so this week i was expecting to pick up today after a week of phone calls and fighting with ups I was expecting to pick up my descendant, descendant tremolo system. And I went down to UPS. Their website, I checked, I Googled, my wife checked and phoned uh, the UPS store here, asked what their hours were. He said, close at 6.30 every day of the week, except for Saturday, and we'll close at 4.30. And I was like, perfect, okay. That was where I was right before I came to the studio. Mm-hmm. And they closed at far. Four o'clock. I said I said four really funny there. Four. Yeah. Uh yeah, they close at four. They're closing at four and have been for months because of the uh COVID situation. And it uh, immediately kind of made me super angry because I was just like, man, it took so much fighting with UPS just to get it there. Mm-hmm. Because uh they've been refusing to deliver it to my house. You do live in the middle of nowhere. Well, but I've UPS used to deliver there no problem all the time. And then for the last year and a half, anytime they the packages from so this UPS, is not a new thing then. No. Okay. So for the past year and a half, UPS every time they have every time something gets shipped via UPS to our house, they've been saying, "Yeah, that address doesn't exist. Can't do it." And it's like, "Okay, it does exist. You used to do this." Yeah. So I think you've like my my theory is they switch drivers and the driver just doesn't want to do it cuz I, I do live far, mm-hmm. I, I, but that's resulted in a lot of phone calls to UPS for me and being like, where's my package? Cause they kept sending me emails saying your package will be delivered today. And then they would send another email saying the driver could not deliver your package. The address is incorrect. It's like, I just phoned yesterday about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so finally the last phone call I, I made with them, I was just like, stop, stop it. Stop that. First off, the address is not wrong. Your driver's either lying or doesn't know what he's doing. Mm. And stop telling him to deliver. Just put it at the UPS store. I will pick it up. I just um, want to get this stupid thing. There is um, hold for pickup when you order things. 
Yeah, I didn't get a lot of options. So okay. this is just how Descendant did it. They're just like, you're going to pay this much to UPS for shipping, and so be it. And, uh, yeah. So my bridge is still at the UPS store. Tremolo. Brett Tremolo, sorry. I keep saying bridge. My Tremolo. And I want it real bad. Yeah. My my main my main guitar is a, a Fender Jazzmaster, the AVRI sixty two. Dude, that's a cool and, one. That's a much cooler <clears throat> one than I have. And I just came across that Descendant tremolo. Just I swear, like a couple of weeks ago, it's Mastery was doing Mastery the was, tremolo. Yeah. Also, they do they, were, I don't know if they still do. Or? Oh, they totally they totally do. They've been the go to for do. that for like yeah four or five years now. But yeah. And yeah. that's that's like but the I, whole bridge and trem and everything. Like that's, or you can I guess do both. Yeah. Right. The the, yeah. the trem and gotcha. the bridge and kind of they work hand in hand. Yeah. And this, I, mean, I saw. So do you know if you can interchange them though? Because I I mean I have a mastery bridge. Yeah, you can interchange. I mean, it should, it should just okay. Yeah, because yeah. your master yeah, you didn't have to drill any holes for the mastery, right? You just plopped it no. in there. Yep. Yeah, the swope is a direct uh, direct replacement as well. The descendant gotcha. by swope, I should say. Yeah. Um, but the I think the uh, nothing against the mastery system. It is it is a heck of a system, and it's definitely oh, yeah. a vast improvement yeah. over the original. Um, did you buy the bridge and trim? No, I just bought the bridge. When I bought the bridge, I mean that was that was you know two thousand. So you're still using the original 11. trim arm and stuff. Um, actually, so the the plate is original, but I swapped out the trim arm with the um a, a state trim. So oh. it's like a collet system you screw yeah, in yeah. there, and, and it, it pops. There's like a little, uh, like a gasket kind of thing. Okay. And when you slide the arm in there, it's just like it was a, a faint clicking, popping feel, but it keeps your trim arm up. But, you know, ever since 2011 or so when I got it, it's like that's starting to wear out. Right. And and I'm like, man. And then I saw that just a couple of weeks ago. So it's really funny they mentioned you just bought that. I'm really, really interested in yeah system like i i first got turned on to him like maybe two months ago mm. not not two or three months ago at most well, when you got your jazz that's got to be a couple of months now yeah i was you researching, were researching this, it at that time yeah. when you were looking to buy that guitar yeah i knew that i knew the trim was gonna have to go on <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah and uh so i was i was just like well mastery is the the best replacement option out there nothing else really and then uh lo and behold the descendant was uh was there and i guess it's only been out a year or two so it's and just sort of now hitting stride mm. but now i'm starting to see the descendant trim get put on all sorts of uh custom builder stuff and replacing things left and right and center and so maybe it's the next mastery who knows these things tend to go in trends <laughs> oh yeah i just thought it was a For really sure. really nicely engineered piece of uh equipment i, I thought it was a little I hesitate to say better, but maybe better is the only word I can think of to 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 use. Uh, better engineered system than the mastery, with the fact that you can kind of set the break angle of the strings a little more yeah. detailed. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to try it when I get it. <laughs> um, That's cool. And then also this week, actually, literally today. Yeah, on the uh, way here. On the way here, I was handed an envelope just before I drove off. Uh, from a listener of ours, uh, who sent us a little thank you package because he enjoys the show. Blows me away. So I'm going to read this note out because <laughs> it's funny. Um, it says, 
hey, Al, I'll let you and Casper fight over who gets what. <laughs> uh, note that a pair of the purple and white ones are a small fit made for many foot switches on Dr. Scientist pedals. Cheers, Marshall, a.k.a. at mainly full of it on Instagram. And he had messaged me on Instagram asking for our mailing address because he said he really liked the show. And he wanted to send us a little thank you for uh, for what we do. And uh, turns out Marshall's a super awesome guy. And he has a 3D printer. And he has a 3D printer. Why don't you tell him, uh, tell him, tell him what he sent us? So what we have here is a set, and they are, we didn't have to fight over them. Marshall, <laughs> you gave us enough <laughs> to, to evenly split. What they are is um, pedal toppers, like button toppers for your pedal board. But they're, and they're 3D printed in a bunch of different colors, but they are Nuka-Cola bottle caps. <laughs> they are like, Whoa. yeah, they're like from Fallout. They are the coolest Which, thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am such a nerd for that video game, man. Mm -hmm. And the only reason all of them aren't on my board right now is because Al was sitting in the way and I couldn't reach all my pedals. <laughs> yeah. So, so we they're got, really yeah. cool. We have custom bottle cap pedal foot switch stoppers. Thanks to Marshall. And yeah, man, thank you so much, Marshall. That is such a cool thing to do. Um, and just to do out of the goodness of your heart, that's so rad. So huge thank you to you, man. Super glad you love the show and love what we're doing. Uh, we love what you're doing. Yeah. These are awesome. Wow. You guys got cool fans. Yeah. 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 This is like, I mean, this is our first official piece of like fan mail, I think. Yeah, just from just yeah. a listener, not a builder or anything yeah. like that. So we did have cool. one fan that lives in the same town as us buy us teaspoons. Yeah, guitar shaped teaspoons because we <laughs> usually we usually drink tea, but it's so hot here. It's we're drinking. Yeah, drinking, <laughs> we've been drinking colder beverages lately. Yep. But yeah, tea was the thing for the almost all, most shows, almost every show we've recorded. Yep. So she bought us these little guitar shaped spoons that are awesome. So yeah, we have cool fans. Like we love them. And they love us. Enough about us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, I got to I gotta say, I was, we were saying this to Hank before we started hitting record on the show here, but uh, I think Casper and I are both a little loopy right now. Just like a tad space cadet, <laughs> cadet going on. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is going to be an interesting show, if nothing else, just because there's going to be some awkward like pauses type type of things where we're just like what is english <laughs> oh right we're recording dang it <laughs> but anyway um hank yes. how did you get into cables man what's the origin story of hank and rattlesnake cable company oh man it doesn't have to be super really, if you don't want it to be but you know we're yeah just, it's like know. i almost gotta i gotta refine the story down so it's like it's quicker so i guess uh um you know in the in the early 2000s uh, I, you know, we had a kid and I was in the, uh, the computer technology industry working on web development websites and whatnot. And I got into building these little robots. They're called beam robots. They're basically, they're also known as junk bots where you, you find old stereos and you take them apart and you pull out capacitors and resistors out of it. And like CD. I'm sorry, and, but. Are these little like figurine robots or are these functional no. walking, talking? Well, the idea, talking, behind, but... uh, the idea behind beam robots or junk bots is uh, they're just, they're basically just parts that are wired together 
So they, they literally look like the CD motor in an, in, in a, in a stereo, like a little motor. But they, these are like, a, they move around, they do things. Yeah. So what you do oh is you, you put a, you put a, you put a, um, a solar cell on it and that charges a capacitor and you put a little transistor in it. And when the capacitor reaches a certain amount of voltage, it, it dumps the voltage and turns the motor. And so it, it wobbles and it wobbles if you put it out in the sun. And then you have other ones that seek light, basically no programming and use the very simplest parts ever. And, um, they do just kind of weird things. And it was just, it was something I was just really into. The, the, that the, was the, geek, first... the inner geek in Al oh, right yeah. now is beaming. He is beaming yeah. at his also, microphone. Also, okay, like... yeah. All right, listen. There's a deep this. love of robots that maybe goes into inappropriate inside of me. <laughs> uh, but there's also just this side of me that's just like, why am I so dumb and everybody we have on this show is so much smarter than me? Oh my gosh. Uh, this is incredible. This isn't, this, isn't, this isn't like MIT making like smart bots. It really just really simple circuits. Okay. And that's dude, the part that was- I burned craft dinner two days ago. <laughs> that's the level well, I'm at. All right. Well, I don't know. That's don't amazing. Know. I bite my tongue at least three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Right on. I'm just saying. So it, anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. I'm gonna cry. When Let me get back to. I gotta give. I gotta get back onto the music side. So we're, we're we can all be on the same page. So that was the reason why I bought a soldering iron was to do these things. So I bought a Radio Shack soldering iron, and started putting putting these things together. And then eventually, uh, I got to a point where the whole time I was playing guitar, I was in bands, I was you know whatever. But that whole world was so distant from the world of computers besides making a web page for my band or even like even recording back then wasn't really like you really didn't do it on computers back then. I mean, you had, you know, garage band of some sort, but it was still kind of analog or ADATs. And I wanted to figure out a way to cross, cross those fields. So I was doing the same thing. And that's when pedals, you know, it was kind of like the, the golden age of pedals again, you know, where, Pedals went away and it was rack mount and it was like uh, digital processors. And then, you know, in that 2000 time is like pedals suddenly were cool and cooler than ever and coming back like crazy. And that's when I started saying, oh, I wonder if I could get my soldering iron and like make a pedal, like some kind of cool pedal, something. And that's when I started going down the rabbit hole, like pedal schematics and just making clones buying kits and whatever and i was really really excited about that and um that was super fun took a few years of building pedals for friends and whatnot and at the same time um computers were really kind of bumming me out because that was my day job it was my nine to five i made every cent that came in to to our family and it was very soul-sucking you know i was making virtual things that you know hard drive crashes it all goes away. And I had friends that were luthiers and builders. And I would be like, you guys are actually making something. Like you're really making something. And people, you make something, you give it to someone or sell it to them, then they use it. And then they make something out of that. And it was this whole thing of just this envy of, uh, I want to make something tangible. And around that same time, I was making cables for myself. And I started you know, building some cables. And I remember going to a band practice one night and 
not thinking really much of it. I, I got this new cable and I was all excited about how it sounded and felt good about it. And immediately, like a couple of the, the bass player and the guitar player, the other guitar player, like, oh, it's a cool cable. Where'd you get that? And I was like, oh, I just put one together, you know? And like, oh, maybe can you make me one? You know? And I was like, yeah, you know? So started making them one. And then they had a friend. It's like, I'll pay you to make one for me. And then their friend would contact me. And suddenly it was just, it was like crazy. Like it was, it was, I would get emails and phone calls and people coming over. I didn't even know. There was like a friend of a friend of a friend, a touring band or something. And, and that's when the point where I was like, hey, maybe I should try to make a business of this and make a go of it. And that's, that's where it kind of just went into cables. And, I don't and, know why, but was... I kept envisioning that scene from Wayne's World. <laughs> and they tell two friends. And they tell you friends. <laughs> that's exactly how it went, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That was, you know, so, so that was it. when did you actually Go launch ahead. as Rattlesnake? Uh, that was like eight or nine years ago. And it was uh, what I would call a part-time gig. And I was trying to figure out like, okay, you know, like I said, I was doing web development all day and I would devote you know, one hour, two hours a day to rattlesnake. And it was just me. And and then then my wife got, you know, suckered into it. And she <laughs> she was, you know, and still she's like a huge player in the business today. Um but I was able to like talk her into like, you know, working with her with me. And we both were like really passionate about the dream of like, one day this will be the thing that we do. And I won't really be doing computers anymore. And we'll be doing this thing. And to make that transition was awfully hard because, you know, one makes money and one doesn't. And you can probably guess which one does and doesn't. And um, I'm a touring so, musician. I don't even know how to make money. <laughs> <laughs> you can get paid so, for things? <laughs> so it was a few years ago. I don't know. It was like four or five years ago where uh, we, we made the hard pit to full time. And, wow. you know, and, and now here we are. You know, now it's, now it's, we have a crew and it's full time and it's awesome. It's one of the most, it, it, by far, it's the most satisfying occupation I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, just every day I've just, I just, I mean, there's people like, they go, all you do is work all day, all night, every day. And I do, I don't take a day off. I work just all the time, but I love it. So every, every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, what are we going to do today? You know, it's like, mm. how can we make the business better? How can we, you know, how can we get the word out? And I'm just really excited about it. And everyone around here is equally enthusiastic and it's super positive and, and it's just, uh, it's fun. I'm, I'm lucky. Well, that's awesome. Dude. I mean, your passion is your vocation. You're on vacation all your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like to take a vacation, like a real vacation every once in a while too, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's but, not, but, let's no, not I, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to make light. I'm, I'm being right, really serious. Like uh, my dad is just passionate about the act of doing business. Mm -hmm. So for him running a company, doing spreadsheets or doing quotes or what all the day to day grind of like, accounting for his business he loves that stuff so for him i don't think my dad yeah. has ever i wouldn't say he's ever worked in his life he's just had a great time being self-employed yeah 
I hate that stuff. (laughs) 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 So I'm in the opposite end of things where I'm trying to like do all my artsy fartsy stuff and somehow get paid for it. It's not working. And (laughs) yeah, you know, (laughs) so you've, you found a thing that you love to do and you're doing it and it's working, man. That's the Holy grail. Well, and yeah, it and it ties into another like your other passions in music and and oh yeah you know like it's yeah. just you found that middle ground man that's like that's that is the holy grail. I think the important question that we're not asking, and you know, we like to ask the hard hitting questions here at the Culture Guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're Casper's yeah. already like you're gonna ask something stupid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the question we should be asking here is are the robots your staff <laughs> yeah i knew that was gonna be a dumb question yeah i was i was too stupid to figure that out man. i never could i can never get to the point past the junk bots but you know, it's never too late i could i could start you know making some new friends yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just put one bot out on the line and your staff eyeball it like i don't like this <laughs> Don't worry, he only makes three times as many cables as you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for pennies on the dollar. Your job's fine, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's So, okay. So when you started out, you were doing cables for your, for your friends, and then yeah. their friends, and then friends of friends. Uh, was that all instrument and patch cables? Like, or, had you, or had you started branching out that early? Or when did you, no. when did you step beyond like, the quarter-inch uh, guitar-to-amp cable? I mean, it was it was a good it was a good solid couple of years where I only offered uh, instrument cables. Oh yeah! And wow. Nothing, nothing else. And people, you know, were like, "Yeah, are you gonna be?" Well, for one thing, you know, the, our cable is what I wanted to do as far as like the business was. I wanted to have our cable milled to spec for us, so I didn't want to have the, you know, just you know. Uh, the idea of getting a patch cable means, okay, we have to tool up for the patch cable. And, that, and that's an investment. And every time we offer a new cable type, we have to actually, you know, get it milled and then hope that people are into it. And it's, you know, there's a return on that investment. So it was always like, you know, small moves, but patch cables were the first, were the first next move. So we went from instrument cables to patch cables and it was like, you know, six months to a year later after that, I think we, you know, started offering speaker cables and then uh, XLR and, and, you know, just going from there. Okay. Kind of snowballed then once you started offering, you know, one other thing. It was like, well, that wasn't maybe that hard or maybe, you know, I don't know how that, yeah, how that mean, turned into like, oh, well, we could branch out into other things. Is that kind of how that happened? Just kind of snowballed into one. Yeah. I mean, you knew you had to like offer more product, you know, and it was just like, well, how can we afford it as a business, you know? So that, that was always part that was, you know, every move, like a friend of mine always says, growth is expensive. So every mm. time you're growing or trying to pivot into a different, that costs a big chunk of change, and then it's a gamble. Right. Um, so we're trying to always, you know, trying to make sure we try to make, you know, safe moves and smart moves. And, um, but yeah, I mean, knowing that we were going to have to offer XLR cable, that's a no-brainer, you know, yeah. need to offer you know, patch cable. We were, you know, this year, 2020, our big, our big move was going to be coily cable. And, mm. um, COVID kind of put a wrench into that. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I kind of want to, I kind of want to wait on that. Okay. So, so can I, I, I don't want to say argue with you, <laughs> but 
outside of the mojo of looking awesome and super yeah. vintage, my experience with coil cables has not been very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. When's it's, the last time uh, you bought a coil cable? Bought one? Probably, played one, owned one, whatever, used one. Probably nine years. Okay. Yeah. Um, is your is your issue the tangle or the tone? Uh, both. Yeah. There was. I mean, the tangle is real. <laughs> For sure. And I don't really know if there's a solution <laughs> to that. If you want a coiled cable, that's just part of the game. Um, yeah. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. You're the you're the master. You're the the guru. <laughs> well, of you know, you know, it's. It's like, you know, the Joe Dirt thing when he goes to, you know, goes to the firecracker stand and the guy's only offering snakes and sparklers, you know. The guy's like, it's not what you like, it's what the customers like. <laughs> I don't like coiler cables either, you know, okay. but it's like I get, I get asked about coiler cable about once every two weeks. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I can get behind that. If it's a business decision that makes sense, that's fine. It was, yeah. just, the, it was just the, like, man, I, I don't, because it's so much more length for every cable. You know, I don't, I don't know what the math is, but. Oh, it's like 30 feet. Yeah. Like what, how much it's, extra cable is a 10 foot coily cable? Oh, I mean, it, a 10 foot coily cable will probably, you know, 10, it's usually like 12, 13 feet will turn out to be like 30 feet stretched out. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah at, so, at that point, but you know, but there's, but yeah. there's a reason for that though too, you know. I mean, like here's a good example, like Reeves Gabrels from the Cure. Yeah. Uh, David yeah. Bowie. Oh, he's he only uses coily, only uses coily cables, because okay. he likes to cut. He likes to cut those highs off. Okay. He likes to roll those highs off with cable capacitors. Yeah. Like, you know, this before. Do you remember? Um, yeah. Do you remember in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, PRS used to have the the sweet switch? They called it. Ah. Uh, Pops a little capacitance in there or something. Yeah. Like a clicker, so the idea behind tone. it. So you, they, they, you know, had a volume tone, a rotary knob for switching pickups. And then they had a sweet switch, as they called it. And it was, yeah, yeah it was exactly what you just described. You flick it on, and it was supposed to simulate the sound of using long, extra long or coily cables and just yep. take off some of that that uh high end and stuff so but uh, you know i i will admit there's an argument for that being a tonal plus yeah the science yeah. supports it <laughs> well it's all yeah. tone preference and let's be real here reeves is a killer player and a super weird dude <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, sure. he he has a taste unlike no other yep yep so, i mean it's when 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 you have the when you have the cable capacitor, it's always interesting because it's, it's interesting that if you want to add it, I mean, that's what your tone knob's for, you know? You can add, you can add that, you know, that capacitance to it, where it's like, you know, when you have it, it's hard to get rid of it unless you're doing, you know, you're changing your, you're changing mm -hmm. your amp setup, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, personally, it's like, you know, when, when we design our cable, we always want to make sure that it's a low capacitance cable, but not too low. I've run across that, too, where it's, ultra low capacitance cable and it's you know it sounds like you know glass in a jar shaking around or something like that when you when you're playing you put a play with a strat and your ears start bleeding immediately it's like you almost Strat, want a little strat sound okay mr yeah. i mr i hate strats <laughs> like but you know having a little body is good so that's why our cable we always want to hit like a sweet spot at a certain length and that's where that's where we're always trying to shoot for, where it's like the, the brightest possible in the sweet spot, 
that's the thing where people really rarely talk about. They'll say our cable is XPF, you know, picofarads per foot in capacitance, but at what length? That's the that's the conversation no one really has talks about because it's a variable. If you, if it's 20 pf at 10 foot, it's 23 pf at 20 foot, and it's 26 pf at 25 foot. Mm. Goes and it goes the other way. If I make a six foot cable, it's 18 pf. So you start running across those things where you know maybe they get a low capacitance cable at a short run, but when you get a 20 footer, it's actually 37 pf or something like higher. Right. Which is fine, but uh, you know that's the thing where people I'll get I'll get people ask me all the time like well not all the time there's some there's some serious uh, cable aficionados that, you know when they, <laughs> when, they, when, they when they come to the site and it's it's always refreshing is when they talk to me I can talk like we can we can talk back and forth you know because they'll be like what's the PF at twenty foot you know and I'm like oh okay all right so now you know at least you know that it's a variable when you get to twenty foot. <laughs> And and it's like, you know, like ours, I like a 15 foot. That's like a real middle length. It's not too short, not too long. You could use a 15 foot on a small stage and you can get away with a 15 foot on a, on a bigger stage. And that's where I kind of like that length. And that's where I always want a 20 to 25 PF range at 15 foot. Um, but you know, we offer ten. We we you want eleven foot cable? We can build that for you too. It, it doesn't matter. But uh, that's why I didn't want to come off with like a, a really high or low capacitance at a short length, mm. you know, or you know, or a really long length, and suddenly you're a ten footer, and it's you know hardly any capacitance in there. So do you do you have lines that are you know different um, capacitance at the same length? <clears throat> no, no. Right. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to. It just sounds. I mean, like as of right, a whole lot of tunability in there and i mean no sounds yeah crazy. i mean it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there, there's been there you know i've kicked around the idea you know you'll have like you know the possibility of running different kind of cables for different kind of applications and then i thought you know it's just i wanted to keep it simple as far as yeah. like what you can purchase yeah. through here you know i didn't want to keep adding like here's our instrument cable that's mm -hmm. it right here here's our you know yeah. Speaker cable. I think there that, it was, is. that yeah. was a wise decision. I, right. I know I worked at, yeah. uh, in music retail. Um, and back, uh, this is kind of a forgotten era of Ernie Ball guitars, but there was a while in the mid 2000s where Ernie Ball, you could go into any Ernie Ball dealership, order a silhouette with whatever combination of pickups you wanted in whatever color you wanted, with or without a matching headstock, rosewood or maple fretboard. It was like basically a custom guitar order for you at production guitar prices. And Ernie Ball makes very reliable, you know, quality guitars. And yeah. so we at the shop were like, this is going to crush. This is going to be amazing. We're going to be selling Ernie Balls like crazy. Why wouldn't people be all over this? This is amazing. And it actually was kind of a huge flop because people would come yeah. in, see whatever you had hanging on the wall to represent this massive custom catalog library. And either go, oh, I like this one, I'll take it. Or they, you know, go, ooh, there's way too many options. I don't I don't know what I want. And they'd never come back because yeah. they'd be thinking about it too long. You would get that odd person who would come in and order something. Um, mm -hmm. But the ones that you ordered for the store, they were dead on the shelf. Almost always. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody, yeah. everybody who was interested in those 
um, almost every single time would go, oh, I can order this in whatever combination of blah, blah, blah I want. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> and so the, the ones on the wall ended up being blown out at use prices with a lot of wear and tear because yeah. they just got played to death by people trying them out. Um, and I mean, yeah, that's it, like, Ernie, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say Ernie ball wound up changing the entire program and just limiting the, the models to certain colors and, and pickups. And all of a sudden they are selling 10 times what they used to because they were just way too much choice. And by limiting it, they kind of found that customers were actually happier. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say like, there's, there's like this weird thing with business. There's two things that I wanted to talk about with like the business of that, where it's, if, if I have control of like my decisions on all the, you know, the functionality and like, I can totally customize this. That gives a lot of power to the customer where either they're going to be overwhelmed by the decision or they're going to like, you know, embrace the, you know, the decision process. So that's like an example, like when they come in the store and like, oh, I can, why would I buy this when I, it's like, I can get it exactly the way I want at the same price. Right. And that also leads me to the, there's this kind of a, a business school thing. I don't know. I can't cite like a source, but there was a, a jam study where it was like business students were doing a, a selling jam at a, a mall or some kind of thing where one weekend they only had strawberry and grape and like, you know, whatever, apple, whatever. And that was it. And they would sell X amount of jams. And they would tally up how many jars they sold, how much money they made. And then the next weekend, same place, but they loaded like every possible jam variety. So, so many to pick from. And they wanted to see which one would do the better between the two. And the simple one won every time because it was just the, the thought process created friction. Like, whoa, yeah. I got to think on what I'm going to get. Like, I don't know. Like, it's suddenly it's overwhelming. It's I got to think about this. Um, <laughs> let me go home and like, this is what happens think about to these me options. every single time I go to the liquor store <laughs> and I stand in front of the big fridge full of beer. And it's like, I don't You're even going, know. You were going through it with the uh, talk and custom guitars with, uh, recently oh yeah yeah oh yeah well i flip-flop like a fish out of water man like yeah. it's the worst well today it happened to me we were talking we were texting today yeah. and it was just like oh this is what i want i like this shape this thing that we're gonna do i like this 10 seconds, Ten seconds later. later nope change my mind i want this now it's like jeez <laughs> oh so, there, uh, there's some uh there's some real implications about human psychology yeah. in this whole thing i'm just like we like having our choices limited and simple and uh, yeah, arguably we could uh, make the, the, the argument that, that uh, we like being controlled. <laughs> and this is how dictators start. <laughs> That's my future 20 years from now. Yeah. It's a horrible dictator. Everybody wants dead. Yep. <laughs> no, nobody's gonna, just a crappy Nobody's going to follow you to yeah. begin with, so you <laughs> no, don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Let's form a revolution, my brothers! Dude, just host the show. Shut yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> um, Oh, I had a more on-point question, and then uh, I forgot what it was. Like, the second I went to ask it, too. Oh, no. Oh, I hate it when I do that. I've done that on the air a few times, and it's super embarrassing. <laughs> Casper, make, edit this it, out and make me sound cool. No, man, it makes me smile when you do this. <laughs> Damn it. Because I do it, and it's like, <laughs> So how many people are, are on your team, other than you and your wife? 
Uh, so there's uh, two others that are currently on there. Yep. Um, and they've been with us. And Max has been there for uh, three years now. And uh, Kill is coming up on his second year. Um, yeah. Um, and then my kids were involved for a while. Now they don't care about it. Yeah, you can get a new skateboard if you work summers for dad building cables. That's awesome. Yeah, it's he he thought of it. Did you think of it? No. Oh, I thought you did. You made that face. No, I was no. So I got I got a good one. Okay, ready? Okay. Where did the name come from? Like, how did you go? How did you settle on rattlesnake cables? I hate you better than yours that was exactly my question <laughs> i just oh, didn't no. think of it <laughs> oh. so um i live in a place uh called missoula it's in montana so it's mm. you know it's in the, in the mountain side of montana and uh there is a creek that, like do you guys ever watch a river runs through it oh yeah the movie yeah like, once yeah, and that's once was good <laughs> at least a dozen times i love that movie oh i thought it was anyway I so literally, that's Missoula. Oh, really? That, that, that yeah. Oh, a river wow. runs through it is in was written by a guy that lived here, and a river runs through our city, the Clark Fork River, and there is a creek called the Rattlesnake Creek that comes flows out of the Rattlesnake Recreation Area, Rattlesnake Wilderness. Okay. And I wanted to have some kind of a name that was a tip of the hat to Missoula, and around here, there's a lot of Zoo Town and Zula and those kind of like nicknames for Missoula. And I was like, I'm not going to do like zoo town cables or Zula cables, or I, I just didn't feel good about that. Yeah. You know, other people can feel good about it. I, I didn't really want that. <laughs> Plus it didn't make, it doesn't make any sense to you. Like yeah, zoo it's, town. It's, like, what does that my, say to you? My hometown is, is it's every, uh, every local business is Wapiti something or Swan yeah. something that, cause it's the Swan city yeah. and, and nobody knows what Wapiti means. It's just like 800 different uh, white-owned businesses called Wapiti something. Wapiti curbing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Wapiti uh, pressure washing. Did you at least research the word? <laughs> yeah. So um, a friend of mine, you know, I was talking to him about uh, the cable business, and I said I wanted to have this idea. And he, and he just, just said, as I like, it was Rattlesnake Cable Company. And I was like, hmm, kind of like that. And, it's cool. And also, also it, it, it spans genres. I like that. It's not like death cables, metal cables. It's not like, you know, honky-tonk cables. It's like it, I wanted to have <laughs> a thing that was like I want to see the guy. dude on the, like, the farmer's market, like cardboard shack style, uh, you know, selling booth. <laughs> Just honky-tonk cables and he's just sad and going out of business slowly. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's a great product. His branding just, sucks. Just, <laughs> I, I think it's super cool because not only, like, that's a great story, but cables can be snake-like and you do put out yeah. that your one cable with, like, the diamondback rattlesnake pattern on it looks fantastic. I was going to make fun yep. of you for comparing something long and coily to a snake as the, uh, a little too obvious, but you can make a good point. That is a fantastic looking cable. Thank you, Al. I was eyeballing That it. was the closest <laughs> you've ever ago. come to a compliment. Well, how about this then? <laughs> you, sir, have fantastically gentle eyes. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. And a warm demeanor. Just want to hug you. My cart won't pull away. It's stuck in the carpet. <laughs> See, I compliment you and you run away from me. That was awkward. Um, <laughs> so, um, and one more thing is rattlesnakes. That's a pretty tough snake. So It's a tough snake, yeah. yeah. yeah you guys have rattlesnakes over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We live in yeah. rattlesnake yeah. country. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. In fact, our yeah. area of Canada, the Okanagan Valley, is... There's only like three other places in Canada where I think they're even found. Yep. Mm. I think that sounds right. Yeah. But they're very common gotcha. here. Really common. Yeah. Every every school yeah. kid knows that if you're out on a hike or something and you hear that that ominous rattle, yeah. stop. Yeah. 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 So every every everybody's taught that here because it's they're really common. Yeah. We live in Canada. Don't don't run through the brush. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to well, so my partner's from Germany, and she grew up in Germany as as a you know went into her twenties. And um, I think I came across a conversation about rattlesnakes, and it's like, you know what to do, right? If you hear a rattlesnake, or maybe it was one of my kids, I can't remember, and they're like, run. I'm like, no, no, stop. Stand still. Find it. <laughs> like, if it's if it's making yeah. noise, it's warning you. <laughs> it was just funny. They're like, run, run. snake. Just run. Yeah, if you hear it, run. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> you know what I think is funny? I, so... I'm I, I'm used to rattlesnakes in the sense that I've lived in you know southern Alberta and I've been to the Okanagan a bazillion times. And rattlesnakes are just part of life, not a big deal. And but I didn't realize until I was started touring as a musician and staying in places like these tourist resorts who were hiring me, um, and they have signs all over the place saying "Do not pick up the rattlesnakes" <laughs> because oh. apparently it's a bit of a problem for people to have a snake. With fangs and a literal, like, warning, rattling, bell. shaking thing of death. <laughs> and they go, ooh, <laughs> and they want to pick it up. Yeah. Take a picture of it with yeah, me. Just, uh, don't take yeah. a selfie. And <laughs> so they have to put signs up. But it just blows my mind the warning signs you find out there in the world. Don't pick up the rattlesnakes. Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> don't pick up the rattlesnakes. That's amazing. <laughs> One of my other favorite signs yeah. I've seen on the road is. Uh, if line is sparking, do not touch. <laughs> cable coming out of an electrical box. Just like, no kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the other implication with that is, why didn't they fix it? If they put the sign up. Yeah. <laughs> Was this, were you expecting this to happen? But like, that's the thing. Like, so this has happened. And instead of calling an electrician, you put up a sign. So they're just two dummies trying to, like, you know, prevent mm. dummy. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I go on a lot of tangents here that have nothing it, to do. It's all right. <laughs> well, okay. I want to know, other than your base six that you made, which, by the way, mm -hmm. do you do you call that base six, or do you have, like, a, you know, did you, did you name mm. it something? No. Nah. No, nah, I just name it. I just call it what they are. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any clever names for them. Okay. Yeah. Does it say Hank on the headstock or anything? No. No. <laughs> okay. Super boring. Super That's boring. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. You came from the town where they filmed a river runs through it. I understand. Yeah. Oh, oh, shots fired. Oh, man, ah. I actually liked that movie. Well. Actually, you know, it's, what's really funny is they didn't even film it here. They had to film in a different place because it wasn't cool enough to film. 
So the story is actually written about Missoula, but they actually filmed it down there by Bozeman somewhere. But uh, Big Sky. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. Maybe Robert Redford and Brad Pitt were not willing to step more yeah. than yeah, so thirty kilometers from the airport. Like, nope, that's as far into Montana as I'm going. <laughs> um, um, I so okay. Outside of the base six, what do you play mm-hmm. for guitars and amps? And you know, I'm always curious to to like what builders are you know using in their kind of their world because often you're the guys. You're either you have like a huge collection of stuff, or it's the very opposite. Where you're like, I hardly play. I just play through this like Roland Cube and yeah. my Squire. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. What do you I got? do have some? I do have some weird stuff. Um, uh, I was super in the in the early 2000s. I was obsessed with Travis Bean guitars. I don't know if you've heard of Travis Bean. Uh, I love them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know so what you're talking I, about. Actually, he just said that. For, how dare you, sir? <laughs> how, pistols at dawn. <laughs> this is <laughs> you troglodyte. <laughs> Sorry, Hank. Go ahead. So. Travis beans, as you know, are have aluminum necks. As I do 70s, know, right? Yes, as <laughs> you do know. And I was super into them, like so. I was I was way into bands like Silkworm and Shellac, and you know the whole Jesus Lizard. They Steve Albini, he's been a huge user of the uh... forever. Yeah, yeah. He's actually from Missoula, also. <laughs> are you and kidding me? In nineteen. No, in wow. nineteen. And Jeff Amit from Pearl Jam lives here too. I did um, not know that. Yeah, it's a weirdly weird rock town. Um, and one of my favorite bands of all time, Silkworm. And those guys all lived here too at one point. They started in high school here. And they played Travis Beans also. Or actually one guy did. But, Crazy. Uh, yep. But in 1996, I saw Shellac play for the first time. I was always a Steve Albini fan. But, you know, I missed Big Black and didn't see Shellac or anything. And then 1996, he's actually playing his old hometown for the first time since he moved away to go to college so i saw him and that night i saw bob wesson and steve albini playing these guitars with teeth cut out in the headstock and i'm like what are these guitars and i was just from that point on i was on this hunt and i quickly found out there were travis beans and then 1998 i bought my first one and about 1999, 2000, I started TravisBeanGuitars.com, which is kind of a historical reference of all the all the serial numbers from all the beans ever made, trying to like preserve the history and try to get stories of from employees, ex-employees, and that was and whatnot. You? That's me, yeah. And then uh, oh, I was in kind of a ma- my gosh. <laughs> so then I was in math rock bands at that point, and I was like really into heavy heavy stuff so i was electrical guitar company got in with that guy so kevin burkett dude came you were i feel like i'm talking to bono now like <laughs> oh my gosh oh, hank i love you but, <laughs> whatever <laughs> so anyway moving on 2000s i was playing electrical guitar company stuff and then um I kind of like hated fenders. I didn't want to do play touch them. I thought they were just stupid and didn't really have a connection with them. And then um, I had a chance to do a, a weird one night only cure tribute show where we practiced for a year because I was a huge cure fan in high school. And I was like, ah, oh, just kind of fell in love with the band all over again. 
and I needed a jazz master for this and I needed a bass six. So uh, that's when I got my jazz master. And when I picked up that jazz master, like instantly, I was like, I'm an idiot. I don't know why I was like, like complaining about these guitars. I just saw all the switches and the, the whole neck scale. I thought the whole thing was just like stupid before. And I played it and I'm like, oh, I finally, I understand the, the quirks and the weirdness of this guitar. And, and I was super into that. So I got uh, that 62 ABRI and um, a few years later, I got in kind of a shoegazy sonic youthy band. So then I was playing the Jazzmaster and a Jaguar. So I have a Johnny Marr Jag. Oh, also. gosh. Oh, those are. Oh, mm -hmm. my. Oh. Hank, were so you good. unwed? I would pursue you. Oh, my God, again. And a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, this is going to happen a lot more. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not my fault. Hank's awesome. And we talk to awesome people. That... <laughs> and you proposition them. Yeah, or... <laughs> proposition them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as amps go, um, I still have, uh, for, so for most of the 2000s, I used to play, I still have it, I just don't play it very much, but uh, Rivera Knucklehead, it was kind of my first boutique tube What? Amp. And it was <laughs> Are like, you kidding me? Was, man, oh. I, when I was at NAMM, I saw Paul Rivera Sr., and I, I like, oh. just lit, laser beamed to him and like shook his hand and told him like how much I loved his amp everything it's just like it was it was a really crazy moment i was like so fanboy when i saw oh my Rivera gosh Sr. i have had four rivera amps <laughs> nice. i love them to pieces the chubster is oh like, they're so good so yeah. good yeah i had a v1 knucklehead the two channel version uh yep that's yeah. what i got I that's got oh that's yeah. fantastic oh yeah 1998 man. um yeah yeah with the that, that gray tweed grill on it i mean it's a it's a sweet man yeah my it's favorite 100, is, 100 watts my favorite is still so the chubster and unfortunately with my back injuries i can't even lift them anymore i had to let my my, oh, last, yeah. my last one go because it was just I, I literally couldn't carry it <laughs> yeah but oh so and then, good. Uh, hank we were meant to be friends <laughs> <laughs> and then uh 2013 ish when i joined that kind of shoegazy sonic youthy band i was using the rivera but it was like i just wanted to get like that kind of like a swishy bloomy fender bloomy thing where like the rivera was just a little too tight a little too too focused too punchy yeah which is awesome but it's not what i wanted for this band and then um i was in that math rock band at the time before that where i played a rivera my other bandmate played a rivera also but he also had a matchless dc30 Ooh, that's a good and one yeah, so I was looking for an amp, and he's like, you should borrow my DC-30 and think what you think about it. And I had it for, like, two hours, and I was like, okay, I got to buy one, but I want to buy the HC-30, the head, and mm -hmm. uh, because I run Avatar cabinets, so I just love the fact that I can switch my cabinets with my amps. So I have a closed back and an open back, 2x12s, so I'll switch those up with the matchless every once in a while or... When I was playing with the Rivera, I would do like one open and one close, like kind of make a really gnarly, nice, you know, four by twelve stack, I guess, you know, with two two by twelves. Yeah. But yeah, oh, that's yeah. the that's the amp setup. I love that. I am picking up and loving what you are putting down, sir. <laughs> Casper's Thanks. over there, like, take it easy, fangirl. Just dial it back all right man I'm, i got a half a plate of samosas to go and you guys just carry on <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
That's yeah. cool. You know Rivera stuff. That's uh, yeah, I don't really run across that many people that know that. I'll say that, and they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of them, but I, that was kind of a yeah. You know, I've I fought the same battle. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, trying to talk about Rivera amps and, and people generally don't know it. This is like, are you crazy? <laughs> this these amps shaped your life, and you don't even know it. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you like? I want you. They're to one want of the because that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, like Rivera is uh, one of their one of their best like uh points about those amps is i just think that they you can have so much different character and style out of them mm-hmm. like you can really with the two channels too she's just like the el34 crunch on it it's oh, like you yeah. can get super high gain or I've, super I've, clean my favorite uh, thing about it was like that clean channel like you yeah, could have that awesome. like blackface style clean or you could have a tweed yep. style clean and then you, you yep. go over to the, the high gain channel it's like turning on a jcm 800 it's just totally. brilliant just so much versatility out of a out of a two channel rig and yeah i've yeah I do not other than like the new boss katana series it's been a long time before looking for an amp with as near as much versatility with as much simplicity yeah yeah for sure yeah i you know what i've yeah. always hoped to uh get my little greedy paws on is one of the deluxe reverbs that rivera sells that they're modified at the river oh yeah paul oh that would be so rare. yeah uh the, the, i've been really it, it's weird that you bring that up because when i came back from nam after medium i went back to like rivera's website and i was like i saw those and i was like oh <laughs> yeah. this is something i'm like would be really interested in too i mean that's <laughs> definitely what made his name yeah because yeah. like that that is that is what launched him into well fender employing him and then later yeah him becoming rivera amplification and like that's yep. the cheap trick sound that's the that's the 70s studio guy sound is, oh yeah oh i just think that'd be so rad that or a modded princeton from him but they weren't selling those they were just doing the mm. reverbs but i mean who cares yeah who cares yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> Sorry, Casper. No, Listen, don't be I'm sorry. Just... Oh, man. I didn't know it was going to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I always I always get asked, like, what guitars do you have? And I'm like, oh, man, why'd you ask me that? It's like, it, I got a few. So but... do you still have a, a collection of, of the Travis Beans then? I assume you do, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got a good grip of them. That's, um, oh, that's so good man i i have to a uh, small confession i've always been a huge fan i've never found one that i was able to purchase There's, hard there yeah. was there was a guy uh in dawson creek which is a small town near my hometown the most famous thing that ever happened was ewan mcgregor and charlie boorman stopped there on their trip around the world <laughs> oh yeah it's like a 10 second clip of the series <laughs> like you just see dawson creek in the background that's it that's, yeah. it. that's yeah. the town's claim to fame yeah. but there's a music the shop there. history yeah <laughs> there's a music shop there that's that's gone it was run by a guy named smoking joe for what i hope are very obvious reasons and his whole shop yeah. reeked of cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> and like nothing against smokers a lot of people smoke that's fine but chain smoking in an enclosed space is just not a good smell that no. I, most oh, yeah. smokers i know will agree with that um <laughs> and this was his shop <laughs> it's just the nature of it and he had a travis bean in that i wanted desperately but he wanted and i'm not kidding twelve thousand dollars for Oof. this thing yeah and i was like 
no. <laughs> like, why? Like, it's not, I mean, ah, for crying out loud. Like, and I tried haggling him for years to lower the price. Like, yeah. come on, man, let me buy that thing for a reasonable price. Like, let me hit you with a reasonable number. And he's like, nope. That's, that's, it's worth that. I'm not moving. Like, Neither is the guitar, yeah. Joe. <laughs> it's, yeah. I have no idea what happened yeah. to that thing. He closed the shop and retired a couple of years ago, but uh, I never got a Travis Bean. Yeah, that's they're hard to they're hard to sink for sure. Um, you can get a. I mean, when I bought my very first one, I, like I said, it was like ninety eight ish. I mean, it was like a thousand bucks. That you is know? peanuts. <laughs> and you're just like, why didn't I buy fifty of them? Like, why didn't I take a loan out and yeah. like, mortgage the house and just buy Travis Beans? But you know, you never know. And then you know, Kramer's ended up going up too. I remember Kramer's being under a thousand dollars. You know, I do as well. Yeah, years and years. And that, you know, the good Kramer's, the aluminum neck ones, not yep. the mm-hmm. shreddy, fantastic ones. Yeah, I had one. I think the plywood. next. You did, yeah. Yours was horrible. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was awful. <laughs> I think that I think the next one that's gonna you're gonna start seeing go up are those PVT sixties. You know, like, we've talked about those in the show. Yeah, yep, absolutely, man. I mean, those T series guitars. I remember a friend of mine. He had the Strat style, which I can't. It's like a T forty, T fifty. I don't know. T forty is the base. The T fifteen had two P nineties, and I think the T twenty or twenty one was the three single coils and Strat style. Yeah, that's the one I played, and he's just like, I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a PV guy, I never was. So when I thought of PVs, I'm just thinking of the pointy logo and crappy amps, and and he's like, no, he should try this guitar, and he brought it over, and I'm, and he's like, just I'm just gonna leave it here, and I'll pick it up in a couple of days. You just play, it. and then it was like one night I'm like begrudgingly like pick it up. I was like, wow, it plays really good, you know. I was like, I gotta plug this thing in, and I was like, holy cow, these pickups sound amazing, you yeah. know. And I'm like. Oh, I was super, I was like, dude, I'm sold on these. I've never really heard of these guitars before. Yeah. And, uh, those things are still yeah. dirt cheap, man. Yeah. Like they are. It's yeah. crazy. There was a, Oh, I just realized the T20 is actually one of the base models from the early eighties. Oh, okay. There was a guy selling one here for 300 bucks, original case and everything. And I tried buying it off him and he just stopped responding. <laughs> he still got it. Yeah. Um, and you see those guys now are putting like electrical guitar company bolt-on aluminum necks on those t60s and you know now they're yeah like, crazy looking you know it's like add an extra five pounds on to the world's heaviest oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah but it's just weird how you know you see you see these trends coming but it's you know unless you're rich it's hard to say like oh i'm gonna start like maybe i'll buy a couple and you know in 10 years what's a t60 gonna be in 10 years yeah, yeah, well, you know, like when I first got into them, it was probably two thousand the mid two thousands, early mid two thousands, and they were a hundred to two hundred bucks Canadian. Yeah, and just Gross. worthless. <laughs> and now they're going for eight nine hundred bucks. Uh, on a you know, sometimes you can find them for six hundred bucks, and and again, it's Canadian dollars, so you know, um, yeah, lowered appropriately for American. Um. And it's just like, I would not have predicted that. I wouldn't have guessed because it said PV on the headstock. It didn't matter that it said made in USA. I would have just thought, yeah. head, name on the headstock says PV. It's worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Those are, that's, that's. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. And they just look cool too. I mean, they just, they look like a, 
they, they have a good vibe to them when you look at them. I'm like, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Doesn't, I mean, I, I figured it'd be for PV guitar. If I, if I didn't know anything, I'd be like, Oh, it's, so it's a real pointy, probably all black, you know, <laughs> guitar with like, you know, like metal, metal things on it, you yeah. know? And I was like, Oh, that's a very classy looking. We did cool a whole, uh, half, half episode. I want to say, uh, unsung heroes. Yeah. Segment. We did an unsung hero segment. Yeah. And, uh, PV. We should do right. another one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. We'll have to yep. get into it. Anyway, um, I'm I'm sidetracking us horribly with my fandom of everything you say. Gear, the Hank likes <laughs> and Hank. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna revert us hard shift back to rattlesnake related stuff. Um, how many like different like because you offer a pretty wide variety of like colors patterns, um, mm-hmm. and you do different options for like having the uh your printed heat heat shrink over the the jack end or under it like you you got quite a variety going on that way right yeah i mean we try to keep it like we were talking about earlier i wanted to keep uh options limited so when you go to a website to purchase uh, the general lengths is 10 15 and 20 and we have our set colors that we offer which is i, I can't i'm going to guess it's like eight colors and but we have a whole plethora of other colors as a custom option so at any point you're like hey do you have any of that purple that i saw two weeks ago you're totally you know you know you can send me an email we'll see if we have some in stock because it's not like our regular line of color and i've had people like i need an 18 foot cable we can totally do that it's, an, it's not like an additional charge for like custom if we have it we'll, we'll charge you appropriately based off the the options that you you know need the length and the plug styles and everything um and also the ability to do some weird stuff like if you had you know like you know maybe you're interested in right angle xlrs or uh, a plug that you know you saw someone else have we might have that plug in stock or maybe we can do a custom order and we actually order it get it in and build you a cable that way um so we want to make it easy to purchase if you just want to just come in there and like i just need a 10 foot cable i just need a 10 foot red cable straight to straight plugs you don't have to talk to me you don't have to do anything that's available on the site but then if you really wanted something special you could just submit a custom order and we can do a custom build for you so i gotta say generally people go ahead yeah that midnight purple pops that is good looking (laughs) man you got some really cool really cool options i think it's sweet that you have a baseline that you offer, but you can still have variety and, and yeah. change it up. And, and not, not everything has to be that, that custom, you know, one-off orders. All yeah. The time. That's cool. I mean, if we put, if we put every, you know, if we put every color in the rainbow in there, then it's just not exciting when it comes around, you know? So it's like, we have our standard line, which is, I mean, I love our standard color palette. I mean, those are, you know, those are, those have been the stalwart colors since we started. And, but when you throw out that midnight purple, people are like, Whoa, midnight purple you know and they're like excited you know and it's fun and then you know last i do like a three-day flash sale and then it's over and you know maybe next month we'll do it again maybe not you know and we're always trying to figure out like what colors are interesting like that snake weave i've had so many people say you should get a snake weave and i'm like we will never have a snake weave i'm just like that's come on that's too easy you know and then and then then i i tried it and it was like Oh wow! Everybody does like the snake wave. You know, you just like blast right through it. Um, there was a friend of mine. He's like, "You got to get pink." I'm like, "We will never offer pink." I'm, <laughs> I'm confident of that. 
And then one day I was like, okay, let's throw pink in. And we ran out of weave, our pink weave, and it was like two days, three days. And I was like, wow, people are into the pink. Okay, well, maybe we'll do that. Again, it's not what I want. It's what the customer wants. <laughs> sure. But it's like it's, it's coming up with, you know, if we put pink on the site every day, you know, we might not sell very much. You know, that, you know the occasional person who wants that pink or, or, you know, we eventually brought that snake weave. It was so popular. That is a, that is a, a base option now on the website. So uh, we're saying yeah. things like that. I really, if it gets so I really like popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, to, to offer different options, you know, we, we only have uh, Neutric plugs. We do some G&H plugs for patches, uh, Neutric XLR. Um, mostly I get Switchcraft. We like to do the Switchcraft for speaker. And, and those are all kind of, again, I wanted to focus on uh, plugs that I felt were the best for their task. So the, the Swisscraft 188 Jumbo straight plugs are like burly and awesome for speaker plugs. But I would prefer a Neutrik straight over a Switchcraft straight for an instrument. Mm. Again, if you're, if you're a diehard and say, well, I need to have Switchcraft plugs on mine, we can make that happen. Um, but I wanted to kind of lean in a little bit as far as like, I wanted the best tone possible with our cables you know, just all that, but also wanted it in, in uh, conjunction with durability. It's like, I want the cables to last as long as possible, be able to take some abuse and those Neutrix, that's what I use forever. And I was like, okay, those have been super road tested. I feel confident about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just basing off my experience, I was like, I think that's a better move. And um, yeah, so, we do offer options and and we have our set set menu, so to speak, but you can order off menu. Cool. All right. Cool. Dude, I could talk to you for a lot longer and uh, <laughs> we're, we're over our time by like 20 minutes already. Just smoke. <laughs> so that's a bit of a, yeah. And my wife's paddling on a lake and I got to go pick her up and. I probably shouldn't abandon her to the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to get remarried when you abandon a wife. And, you know, it shows up on every check. It's you know? just, yeah, it's a real yeah. red flag. Doesn't look good on the dating profile. No, right? yeah, it's a real bad Tinder line. <laughs> Al, 37, loves bears, loves ice cream. Fun facts. I abandoned my last wife in the woods. <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. It's not going to work out well. Anyway, um, Hank, dude, thanks so much for, for coming on the show and chatting with us, man. You were an yeah. epically cool guy. Um, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime because, uh, well, clearly we have lots to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where can people best find you? Um, well, I mean, rattlesnakecables.com, that's, that's where we live. But, uh, you know, all the socials, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're there as well. So you can totally shoot me a message from there. It says Instagram.com slash rattlesnakecables, and that's the same for Facebook. All right. Awesome. Cool. Well, check them out, folks. Give them a like. Say you heard them on the show and uh, say hi. Um, Casper, any final deep thoughts? I have none. I've just been enthralled by rivera history and stuff it's really cool oh you're on, you're on the googles <laughs> all right <laughs> also something you should check out when you're done checking out rattlesnake cables yeah. uh, go, go learn about rivera 
Um, cool. Well, yeah. Thanks again, Hank, for coming on, man. Um, yeah, it's been a real treat. It's fun. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>